Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amandaman Games Podcast. This is episode 11 of my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links are also in the description. I also want to start this show off by thanking FC Rivers for uh, sending me an email that kind of went over everything I discussed in my story time episode. Uh, if anyone hasn't checked that out yet, um, it's on, on the podcast like platforms uh, on Apple, on Spotify and, and whatnot. You can check it out there where I kind of go over my experience building a PC for the first time and um, a lot of unfortunate things that happened when I was trying to build, build that build that PC. It was mainly, and let's be honest, it was just bad luck. I had a bad GPU and there was no way for me to be able to know, know this, especially being someone who's building a, a PC for the first time, at the same time, giving it to multiple technicians and having it checked out multiple times, doing, changing my motherboard, my SSD, all that stuff. You know, none, none of that kind of pointed towards the GPU. It was just towards the end when we had basically tested everything else. And it was, it was like a month to two month long-ish episode of my life where I had to go over this. So definitely check out that that episode if you haven't already and I will be I will be bringing back story time again for next week so stay tuned for that I'll kind of talk about that later on in the episode so we'll go on to the news not too many amazing or crazy things happening I was really hoping for something PS5 related I won't lie but still some interesting stuff when I go straight in to uh, an article that came out by VGC Video Games Chronicles by Tom Ivan this is Cyberpunk 2077 won't, won't be a full-blown launch game for next-gen. So the article states, uh, CD Projekt Red intends to release a proper full-blown next-gen version of Cyberpunk 2077, but it won't be an Xbox Series X and PS5 launch game. In February, the company confirmed its support for the Xbox Series X cross-buy scheme, smart delivery, which lets pr uh, players buy a game once and play it across multiple Xbox generations. Gamers should never be forced to purchase the same game twice or pay for upgrades, the Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account said at the time. It's like a tongue twister sometimes saying that that title. Um, owners of Cyberpunk 2077 for Xbox One will receive the Xbox Series X upgrade for free when available. However, speaking during an earnings call the week uh, called this week, CD Projekt SVP of Business Development Michael Nowakowski suggested that a separate, significantly enhanced version of the game will also be released for next-gen consoles, but that it won't be a launch title. Uh, so this is obviously interesting mainly because there was a lot of stuff kind of riding on this, on the on the fact that, you know, it's going to be smart this smart delivery and everything. So a lot of people were kind of talking about, oh, hey, I, I don't, if I, if all these games are being pushed, I might as well just wait till I get my new console, I pick up my new console and I just, I'll just buy my game then. But it seems that what what I don't understand is if they're mainly if they're mainly talking about the upgrade aspect of it, so you know better textures, better frame rate, stuff like that. Because I, what from what I understand is you can still play that game in its Xbox One version on the Xbox Series X, so through backwards compatibility. So what that basically means is, which is Kind of weird because I thought it would kind of implement some sort of upgrade either way. It still might. I don't know. But basically, it's saying that, yeah, you can play like the, the Xbox One version. So it might not look as good. It might not run as well. But the upgraded version that they're, that they're meaning to release for the next-gen console, that version will come out a bit later, which is still which is still fine. Uh, it just kind of, it, it just, I, it, I think a bit of clarification is needed as to how this is being implemented or what this actually means. If this is something where, okay, no, you're going to be able to play any game you buy now, which is kind of what we know, and it will transfer over to your Xbox Series X, uh, but it just won't run in that Xbox, you know, it won't take advantage of the Xbox Series X and the, the hardware uh, for that console. So like, it's a, it's a little confusing. I'm, I'm sure we'll get some clarification at the uh, at, at some other point, but the fact that they are allowing you 
to even you know upgrade upgrade your game for free i think that's still that's still amazing so if you have an xbox if you, i don't i don't see why you wouldn't just buy it for the xbox play it now enjoy it uh and by the looks of it you know the game will still be coming out in september so we'll kind of go on to the next article which is by uh, by gameindustry.biz this is coming from rebecca valentine cyberpunk 2077 delay is unlikely as the industry begins to see the impact of COVID-19 on game release dates, CD Projekt Red is currently comfortable that Cyberpunk 2077 will hit its September 17, 2020 release date. In a call with its investors discussing the company's 2019 financial results, Senior Vice President of Business Development Michael Nowakowski said that the game is already in a complete form. Currently, he said the studio was using the remaining months to polish Cyberpunk 2077, fix bugs, work on its day zero patch, as well as ensure it's, it passes certification. There are some difficulties with the localization process, specifically with recording some of the actors, Nowakowski said. Most of the studios are closed down right now, at least for the time being. However, we managed to record the vast majority of the voiceovers, but there are always some last pickup sessions, and we're not very worried about that because that's something we can reward, record, not reward, record even later and add in the form of a digital patch. So by the moment the customers actually buy the game in September, they will just download a file which would add the missing pieces of recording. But that process has been hampered a little. Um, I think it, it just kind of the article keeps going in terms of like what happens in the call and everything. But from all of it, we can kind of see that it seems that CD, CD Projekt Red is really, really sticking their guns with this with this release date. I don't know. I don't know if this is something that, you know, because the fact is, at the end of the day, they are still saying it's unlikely that, you know, they're saying we're comfortable. It, they, I'm, I'm, I'm still reading into it, maybe because of everything that's happening. I'm, I'm reading more into it, right? I, I still think it's a situation where a situation, uh, something that can change depending, you know, what next week brings or the week after brings. We don't know because everything is changing so quickly right now. I think it's still possible that it might come to a point where they do have to look at it and say, okay, you know, people are still not able to kind of go outside and be able to pick up physical products. And if if them or their publishing publishing division or anything like that, if any of, any of them are in any way saying that, no, if, if you're not selling the physical portion of this game, we need to delay it because the physical portion for them, I, I don't think it is, but I'm just like kind of spitballing because the physical portion for them might also bring in a lot of revenue similar to what happened with last of us part two so it's it's possible that that it's that they might when they get to that point see that people are still not comfortable going out still not comfortable lining up or still not comfortable going into stores and picking stuff up uh and and they might decide that okay this is just not a valid option right now for us to be able to get this in the hands of everyone um, of course, you know, like I like I said, this is the whole thing I talked about with the Last of Us Part Two delay because that brought in a lot of questions as well. You know, it, it, I'm sure Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, all this stuff can deliver it to your door, but obviously, not every, not all places have that uh, have that luxury, right? So it, it it is it is something that I think they will look into, and depending on what happens in a couple of months or so, uh, that date might be solidified or that date might be pushed. So I think the main thing right now is just is to look at any game that has a release date. In, uh, in the next month or next two months, three months, four months, whatever, I feel like all of them are subject to 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 be delayed or anything like that. So, don't don't hold that hope for for this game a hundred percent. But of course, nothing is confirmed, right? Like still still believe that the game is coming out. But I'm just saying, just just don't just temper your expectations a, a little bit. So next article this comes from Charles Oakley from This Gen Gaming. Uh, Microsoft execs not worried about next gen. So this is kind of coming off of the article we discussed last time uh, with the Crytek developer kind of giving their two cents on what they thought about the PS5 and, and what, how basically they thought that the PS5 was a super, superior console in a way because of how easy it is to develop for. And we kind of, I kind of discussed how we should also take that with a grain of salt because we don't know what type of exclusive deal Crytek might have with Sony. So this article says, we now know about the raw specs of both upcoming next generation consoles and on paper Microsoft seems to have the PlayStation console beat. However, the rumblings have permeated through the internet that efficiency, development ease and a faster SSD might make the raw spec gap negligible. That was the claim at least in a row 
sorry, that was the claim at least in in a now retracted comment by a Crytek developer. The rendering engineer replied to a Twitter follower who who asked about how the two consoles compared. Ali Salehi answered that the PlayStation 5 is the easiest console they have ever coded on to reach its peak performance and added that PS5 is extremely simple and has so many abilities that make the devs so free. The interaction concluded with Salehi claiming, as a programmer, I say the PS5 is much better and I don't think you can find a programmer that could name one advantage that Xbox Series X has over PS5. However, it is worth mentioning that the Crytek developer has since walked back his comments. Uh, it seems, however, that Microsoft are confident in their power advantage. Bill Stilwell of Microsoft Cognition team, formerly, formerly of Xbox, said as much in a recent YouTube video, full credit to dealer underscore gaming. In a two hour long YouTube live stream, Bill said, this when asked about the power of PS5 versus Xbox One. He says, I think what you saw with the PS5 reveal was the unfortunate byproduct of a GDC talk being turned into a marketing event. I love Sony's talk. I think they've got some cool tech. I personally think we have a better console. We're not worried about the power narrative. Uh, so, I mean, this is just, you know, both companies going back and forth. Uh, and like I said, like, you know, I think I I'm, I'm just keep reading so many things from different developers, one developer saying they, they prefer PS5, one developer saying they, they prefer Xbox Series X. So it's just going back and forth. And let's be honest, at the end of the day, it's going to be the, the same difference we have with Xbox One X and, and the PS4 Pro. You know, most people that will play games on PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, like I said, like I have both of those consoles. You know, I like to think I can tell the difference. I like to believe that I am seeing a difference between the two. But to be honest, I just don't like it's it's very minuscule. Like it's something that you really, really need to like focus on. So I think at the end of the day, it just depends on on you and which console you prefer, and you know whether or not basically where your friends are. You know, so it I don't think you should jump into a console because of the power specs or anything like that. Jump in because of the games. Jump in because that's where your friends are gonna be, and you know stuff like that. And you know over time you can save up and. Maybe buy the, the second console if there are games that, you know, really demand your attention or just keep waiting and seeing how, you know, Microsoft implements xCloud or how PlayStation implements PS Now. And you might not even need either console. You can just probably play those games through their through the cloud streaming service, right? So I, I think I think at this point, this whole power thing is just it's just getting out of hand a lot of times. I think it is important to realize that it that that the, the power and everything doesn't make these consoles, it's actually the games, right? The the reason that PS4 obviously won initially against Xbox was because of, because of marketing, uh, because of marketing and because it was cheaper. And also just over time, it was because of games, right? And the, initially, uh, PS4 was, I think, selling Xbox 2 to 1, but at that time, the difference was 2 million to 1 million. You know, like, it wasn't like, in, especially in a, a first year or two, it wasn't like a crazy gap. It was still like 2 to 1, but like it wasn't like a huge gap, right? The reason that it, the gap kept growing, even though right now it's still like two or two point five to one or or something like that, the the reason the gap was still so big over time, uh, and Microsoft never closed that gap was because of the fact because Microsoft just didn't have that many games. It just didn't have games that got people to say that even if they had a Sony console or or PlayStation console to get up and say, okay, I need to buy a buy buy an Xbox. Right, I think that was the issue. So it it just comes down to games. I mean, PS4 technically has the less superior or you know the less powerful console right now in the in the market. Yet PlayStation is still selling more. Right, it's it's because of the games, because of games like God of War and Horizon and Spider Man, and even stuff like Death Stranding. Even though like Death Stranding didn't sell as much from what I can tell, and Days Gone. Even though that game that game didn't get crazy amazing reviews, but it's still sold like crazy. Right, and now this year, Last of Us Part Two goes to Tsushima. Whereas, when you look at Microsoft side, they have Halo Infinite, which is kind of like the same thing that Nintendo did with with Wii U and Switch. You know, where most of us, like myself, bought the Breath of the Wild on the Switch, not not on the Wii U. I didn't even buy a Wii U, but like you know, like it's kind of the same thing where they have Halo Infinite, but in between they have these smaller games here and there. You know, like that's kind of exclusive and like it's in looking, it looks interesting, but it's not really grabbing anyone. So I think it's just it just comes out to games. It just comes down to Microsoft releasing like a game like Gears of War when when it first came out in like two thousand five. You know when people saw what Gears of War was and were like, "Wow, this looks awesome. This is new. This is cool." You know something like that, something revolutionary, something innovative. And I think that's what's gonna get people in. Not you know not releasing small games, not releasing games like Bleeding Edge, 
that just came out and is unfortunately not doing as well. You know, I think they need to kind of move away from trying to make the next Fortnite. I think they need to make games that is able to get people on board because they people just want a story-driven type of experience sometimes, you know? Even if it is a game like Destiny, right? Even if it's a, if, if it's a loot-based game, but it has a cool story, it has cool gameplay, it has a, a, an addictive, you know, gameplay like loop. I think that's the kind of thing that they need. And hopefully, I think the way it is going, Microsoft is kind of going in the right direction. And I think talking about that, I think I should move on to another Microsoft topic. Uh, actually, I kind of saved this towards for the end, but I'll kind of bring it up now. Apparently, there's a major set of Xbox Series X game announcements coming out this week. It was supposed to come out, I think, Monday onwards. Uh, we haven't really heard too much, but I might I might have missed it. Um, so this comes from Shibu from Tech Plus Games. While Sony is struggling to show what, what its PlayStation 5 will be capable of, it seems that Phil Spencer is determined to hit the home run soon. In any case, the insider, Shinobi0602, who has already proven himself in the past for valid leaks, has just dropped a small hint on the Reset Era forums, indicating that soon there will be big game announcement for Xbox Series X. It is on the topic of Xbox Game Studios, after more than 2,400 messages left in three weeks, the insider hinted, oh, you won't be disappointed to a user who complained about having cartoon game games types in reference to Obsidian Entertainment's Grounded. Everything could have ended there except that Shinobi602 again left a message that provides some clarification. It's not my place to give details and my username would be plastered on sites come morning. If I did, lol, so I won't, but you won't have to wait too much longer, really. I'm incredibly excited at what's coming for, from Xbox. Gorgeous fantasy worlds, re reboots, big sci-fi should be a lot of fun. So I just wanted to kind of speculate first of all, gorgeous fantasy worlds, that has to be Fable. That has to be Fable, right? Reboot is the thing that I'm trying to understand because I'm trying to understand what what is a game on that Xbox owns that they would want to reboot, right? Like... The only thing that comes to my mind is Jade Empire, but is that Bioware owned or is that Xbox owned? But why would they reboot that? Actually, no, I don't think they would reboot that. You know, like, that's why it's like the reboot thing was what I was confused by because Halo obviously is not being rebooted. Gears of War is obviously doing its own thing. And those are the, the two things that were always really big. Maybe it's Project Gotham Racing, right? That was a pretty big game at one point. Uh, maybe the reboot is also talking about Forza Motor Motorsport in some way because we know Forza Horizon um, is doing qu quite well, right? So that's a game that always does well. I think that one is fine, but Forza Motorsport apparently didn't do as well as as, as it normally does. So that might be a reboot. Um, big sci-fi, that's another really cool one. I mean, I, I can, I, it might be something that's not announced yet, and I can imagine that Obsidian is working on something like that. That seems like such an Obsidian kind of a game. So I'm really excited for that. So this just kind of goes back to what I was talking about, the way Microsoft has been handling everything. I'm pretty excited to see what they do. Uh, talking about new games that we might see in the future or, or you know, we're hopeful for seeing the future. Um, the next article comes from Push, Push Square from Liam Croft. Silent Hill rumors are ramping up once more. Last month, the internet was ablaze with rumors of a Silent Hill revival on PS5 with Hideo Kojima speculated to be a part of the project. Konami has since stated that this was all completely false. But in the time since then, the sources of those supposed leaks have actually doubled down on their claims. What's more, video game forums are now running amok all over again thanks to two very interesting Instagram posts from a Japanese manga artist. Suheiro Maruo, I'm butchering that name, I apologize, known for his work on various horror mangas, posted the following to his Tumblr and Instagram with the caption reading, After Afternoon invitations, hope you'll join in. So in the photos, obviously you can't see the photos, but the photos is, um, there's one photo where he's taking, he has a photo of Konami, uh, uh, Midtown East, it says Konami. And the other one is, uh, it, it says Stan Hills. So like this is a, an actual photo, it almost looks like a tombstone and it says Stan Hills on it, you know? And it's not even Stan Hill, but Stan Hills, the, the new reboot that was supposedly coming. So obviously what could this mean? Uh, you know, we, we it, it, it could, Kind of even it, obviously I can understand how it's uh, like adding more more flame to the fire, you know, just the uh, after everything that happened and Konami kind of talking about that no those rumors are false and everything like that. 
you know, I Silent Hill is definitely in the works. I honestly do not know if Kojima will be the one working on it. That just seems a little far-fetched just because of what happened between him and Konami. I just don't see that happening. I think that's just visual thinking because people want um, Hideo Kojima to be working on, on Silent Hills and stuff like that. Uh, we can actually kind of move on to the next article which relates to this. This comes from Sammy Barker from Push Square as well. So apparently Sony has been working on Silent Hill for a while. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with Silent Hill at the moment, and it's actually becoming quite difficult to unpack. Here's what we think we know. Japan Studio is working on a series reboot for Konami, with Gravity Rush creator Kichiro Toyama directing the project. He obviously started his career working on the original Silent Hill, so it's a superb fit. Artist Masahiro Ito and composer Akira Yamaoko are also set to be involved. Alongside that, there is speculation that Silent Hills will be making a comeback. Revived recently by Instagram images, as we talked about by Sohiro Maruo, these appear to be separate projects at the moment and it's unclear how they're connected, if they even exist at all. It's the Sony reboot that currently appears to be further along. According to rumor monger Dusk Golem writing on Reset Era, the title has been in production for about 18 months. The story goes that Konami was looking for a partner and Toyama wanted to return to horror. Or to horror. Sony is footing the project's bill, but it believes brand recognition gives the title a better shot at success than, say, a Siren sequel, which is another... I, th I think that was like an old-school um, Sony-based or Sony-exclusive horror games. I feel like I have played one of them. But like I never, I, I yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm definitely gonna look into that more. I remember like it was a pretty interesting game. But go on back to the article. Konami will get a percentage of the of the profits. Apparently, the reboot will be announced this year, presumably alongside the PS5 state of state of in development software. There's too much smoke here for there not to be something afoot. So at this stage, we actually believe the rumors are accurate, and a new exclusive Silent Hill Silent Hill really is in development at Japan Studio. Of course, the proof will be in the Bloodstoke pudding. So the, let's wait for confirmation. So, I mean, this kind of just adds to it, like what I was talking about. Like, I think it is definitely believable that Konami might go to Sony and say, hey, we're, we'll, if you want to make a Silent Hill game, you guys do it. But we obviously will get a, a chunk of the profit, but and you have to pay for all the costs, right? For, for Konami, who hasn't really been making that many games other than Pro Evolution Soccer, you know, I think this is just the perfect way to handle their games, right? They have been re-releasing some of their games like Castlevania and stuff and obviously releasing games on, on mobile. But, you know, like games like this, it just makes sense for them to be like, okay, you guys make it, but we'll, we'll get the profits, right? And I think this makes so much more sense that they connected or made some sort of deal with Sony Japan Studio or Sony in general and then they are kind of working on this. Not this whole thing that Okojima oh, production, which is not owned by Sony, that Sony, they, they went to Sony and the Sony from from that went to Kojima. I just don't see that happening. This is just, uh, that's just my kind of full-blown, like my honesty in terms of what I believe that's coming out. Like, I just don't think Sony, it just, in terms of business, right? It just does not make sense. You know, like, especially on Konami's side as well, after everything that happened between them and Kojima, it just does not seem like, you know, they wouldn't even, like, it's, it's like them having the conversation with Sony and the Sony's like, oh, that's a good idea. And, you know, uh, Hideo is working on, on Silent Hill so we can work with them. I just don't see Konami being like, yep, that's a very good idea. Yeah, he actually did have a very good game. We just fired him either. You know, like, I just don't see that happening. I think it just makes sense them being like, no, like, we want you to make it with, you know, one of your internal studios and stuff like that. And even for Sony, because if Sony owned Kojima Productions, I can understand it. But Sony doesn't own them, right? So it just does not, it just does not make sense in my brain that they would go to Hideo Kojima no matter what kind of deal they could come up with. It makes so much more sense that they will go to Sony Japan Studio or, you know, any other internal team in Sony. And this thing, I, you know, 18 months along, and if it gets announced this year, I'm assuming if it's 18 months along and let's say they need like three years, four years, and maybe in 2021 or like late 2021, we might even see this game and that, that might be really, really exciting. So talking about, you know, possible reboots. Uh, the next article comes from Andy Robinson from VGC, from Video Games Chronicles. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake is in the works. Capcom has greenlit a Resident Evil 4 Remake. Following its reimaginings 
of Resident Evil 2 and 3. Multiple development sources have told that VG, told VGC that Resident Evil 4 Remake has now entered full production with an estimated release window in 2022. Development is being led by Osaka-based M2, the new studio founded by former Platinum Games head Tatsuya Minami, which has been preparing for the project since 2018. However, similar to how 2020's Resident Evil 3 was directed by company Redworks, Capcom's internal teams and other external studios are likely to lend significant development resources. Update, this is from the article itself. More alleged details have emerged on Capcom's Resident Evil 4 Remake project, including claims it will be co-developed by parts of RE2 and Devil May Cry 5 team, which is perfect. It's understood that the remake has the blessing of the original game director, Shinji Mikami, who officially declined an approach to lead the project himself, but has provided informal advice on its direction. So I think this is great because I know that Resident Evil 4 for a lot of people is like one of the best games ever and the best game, best Resident Evil game out there. I never had that kind of affinity or that kind of love for Resident Evil growing up. That's because I never, I never really liked horror games growing up initially. And when I did play Resident Evil 4, I feel like it was just like, it was just like kind of too late. I was just not like, you know, riding the wave at that time. And I just didn't really enjoy it just because of like the technical gap I had at that point with you know, the type, the games I was playing at that time versus, you know, Resident Evil 4 being a game that came out a while back. I think some people, I, that's a, that's an issue that people have. Sometimes it's just hard to be able to enjoy a game because of the, the technical gap and stuff like that, right? And uh, I really, really loved Resident Evil 2. I really loved Resident Evil 7. I played that game in, in PSVR. I played that game, all, played all the DLC. Um, uh, I, I haven't played Resident Evil 3 yet, but you bet I will be checking that out once it's cheaper because I don't think that game is worth like the full... $60 or in Canada $90 uh, but you know this is awesome because I definitely want to check out Resident Evil 4 I've heard so much about it and I like that we are kind of going down that ride of Resident Evil 2 now Resident Evil 3 then we'll get Resident Evil 4 and it'll kind of keep going down that route um, and I, I'm particularly excited because Devil May Cry the Devil May Cry 5 team is also on it Devil May Cry 5 was a really really good game I have played that game I really really enjoyed it like I, I did not expect to like it as much as I did mainly because I've I, I don't know too much when it comes to the Devil May Cry story. I played Devil May Cry 4 and I played a bit of Devil May Cry 1 and 2, but I never like really finished it. So for me, like when I saw this, I was like, uh, you know, I played Devil May Cry 5 and I really, really enjoyed that game. I was, when I saw this, I'm like, wow, okay, this is really cool. RE2, which was one of the best games of last year, plus Devil May Cry 5 team, which again was another one of, one of the best games for last year. Like Capcom is, is on a roll. So I, this is, this will be pretty exciting. Um, Moving on, uh, there's some new, there's some more leaks. There's a lot of, there's a lot of leaks coming out this past week. There's another leak apparently for the game Mafia or like the Mafia series. This comes from um, get these leaks on Reddit. I know that's the, that's the username as well. So apparently there's like a Mafia Definitive Edition, Mafia Two Definitive Definitive Edition, and Mafia Three Definitive Edition. I think it's coming out for PC, Xbox, PS4. Uh, from what I read, there might be because it's it's a very very long. Um, long post on reddit and a lot of stuff i i wasn't sure if it's because i just want I, I should probably say that as well just take this with a grain of salt too uh but a lot of the stuff just kind of the way it was talking about it it says that mafia definitive edition will come out in 2021 for nintendo switch but uh, there was some referencing like wwe 2k18 or something like it was a lot of like weird stuff on it that i was just like okay you know what i'm just gonna break it down to the fact that mafia the mafia series is basically coming out for all current gen consoles and possibly Nintendo Switch in the near future. And also Mafia 4 is pro possibly also in, in, in the works, according to, again, with a grain of salt. Um, and apparently Hangar 13, the people that made Mafia 3, is not working on Mafia 4. Uh, I think 2K is actually giving it off to someone else. Again, I'm not sure why, because I thought Hangar 13 would continue with it. I know Mafia 3 wasn't wasn't that good like it was a it was it was repetitive i i understand that but the story was really good and the atmosphere and the environment and everything was you know it, it felt like a real like lived in world which i really, really like so i think i wouldn't i don't get why they would want to move away from hangar 13 because they've already worked on it before but again like i i would not know right like this is the like we don't know how the internal kind of development works when it comes to these kinds of games so but it, it's exciting mainly because I did enjoy Mafia 3. I never played Mafia 1 and 2, but I know there's a big fan following for these games and for this series. And I think for people like myself who never played the first Mafia game, uh, and I think at the moment, the only way you can play it is on PC. Uh, and, you know, Mafia 2 as well. I think Mafia 2 isn't on PS4 or Xbox either. 
I think this is perfect. You know, you just remaster these games. You get three awesome games. You can play those on your on your PlayStation, on your current-gen consoles, and it's kind of leading into them probably announcing. I, I don't know if it was part of this, but I remember reading somewhere that for Mafia 3, they apparently add an extra quest line, and once you find that quest line, it apparently leads into a trailer or something about Mafia 4. Again, that's why I was saying that's why I kind of brought up, like, it's just a big grain of salt, you know, like, I'm not sure this is actually true or not. But, you know, that'd be pretty cool. But I'm excited to see if, if Mafia 4 is really in the works, especially because GTA is definitely a long ways off, even though I, I know in the past episode I got a little excited thinking that a new GTA is coming out soon. But we know that did not happen. So moving on, it seems that Ghost of Tsushima is, is really on point or really sticking to its release date. This comes from Shibu from Tech Plus Games, Ghost of Tsushima UK PlayStation Magazine leak. For the second time, the release date of The Last of Us Part 2 was delayed and this time di directly to an unspecified period to be allocated. After this bad news, many gamers were worried about what will happen to the other video games coming soon. One of these is the other exclusive PS4 title, Ghost of Tsushima. Today, however, according to the official PlayStation UK magazine, it was confirmed that the title is slated to release on June 26, 2020. So, I mean, this is just coming from the, the, the leak, the magazine that was, I guess, supposed to come out maybe in May or whatever. Uh, and that the fact that that magazine is still stating that the game is on track for June 26th. I mean, they're really sticking with its release date. So I'm not, I'm not, I am not sure what is happening or what the thought process is or why they haven't shifted the release date just yet. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, in my, I've kind of talked about it before. I just don't see how they can continue, how they can continue full production on it if, if Last of Us Part 2 was have, having logistical issues, right? I'm just talking about purely because of logistical issues, right? Because obviously I speculated last time that Last of Us might have had like some development issues that they didn't really talk about and they just kind of added it to the logistical part of logi logistical stuff. But with this, I don't know. I just don't see how there's logistical issues for Last of Us Part 2, but those and, and Iron Man VR and those don't track or those don't transfer over to Ghost of Tsushima either. You know, it just it just doesn't make sense. So even though it's coming out on the PlayStation magazine, and in my opinion, if it does actually come out on June 26th, and it comes out like the same way how Square Enix released Final Fantasy VII, where there's stock issues, stuff like that, at that point, in my brain, it will solidify the fact that Last of Us Part Two was not done. They, they still had development issues. They really weren't were not on track fully. And they basically use this as a way, uh, this whole issue that we're having right now as a way to say that, okay, look, we need more time, but let's just say that it's logistical issues so that people won't get mad because think about it, right? If they do need more time and like, I respect them for this, right? If they do need time, they need time, uh, right? So many other developers, if they delay a game a couple of times, they will be like, okay, we're just releasing it now, right? And we'll keep patching it and it comes out all broken and stuff like that. If they need time, they need time and that's fine. But like, you know, it's like they had like a whole event. They finally released, a, a, a put a release date thing in February. And literally, I think it was like days later, they're like, oh yeah, uh, by the way, <laughs> we're not going to meet the release date. It's coming out in May instead. And then now we're like coming to April. They're like, okay, yeah, because of all this, it's not, we don't even know when it's going to come out, you know? So I don't know, like I, I can see how if they wanted to extend it because of development, because they were having issues, people would get really annoyed being like, look, first you say Feb. Then you say May, then you say this, like, why, why do you keep putting release dates? You know, like, I think that was kind of the thought process. So I, I, I think that's very, very likely. And again, like, this is what I believe. I, obviously, I could be wrong. At the same time, I don't think this is bad. I think it's perfectly fine if they want to work on the game because we have so many games in the meantime. You know, I understand, like, when I read so many times online that people are, like, upset that, oh, this game's not coming out or that game's not coming out. And I'm like, man, like, have you already finished, like, FF7? Like, I'm playing Death Stranding right now and that game is long. That game is so long. You know, it takes a long time. I just played Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm I'm playing through Portal and Portal 2 now. I have there's just so many games that that you can play in and like, you know, so many other like even like um games of the service games that are out there. So I'm like, you know, there are stuff that we can play and we have, you know, things to take out take over our time, especially right now. So I think that way I'm like, you know what, it's fine. Take your time. Just you know, just be honest. And don't put a release date on it yet. You know, like I like the for me, I just don't understand why they can't internally have a release date that look okay, we're gonna release it in November, right? Let's say we're gonna release it in November. 
just have it internally that November is the release date. We're not going to announce this yet. We're going to wait until June and see how much of the game we're done. If we're done and we're at the polishing stage and we're fully done, like everything is done, everything, voiceover, this, that, whatever, everything is done. And all we do need to do is press a button, we get the gold disc and we kind of ship it out so that we start having the discs made. You know, if, if like, I just don't see why they can't handle it like that. So it's coming out in November by June or July. They're like, okay, we're done. Okay, guys, it's coming out in November. Done. That's it. You know, it's, they don't need to worry. This thing where it's like, they kind of like keep doing it big because obviously I understand, right? If, they, if you're under a big company, it's always about investors and stuff like that, right? Like you need to, you need to make sure your stakeholders and everything, all those, all those people are happy. Anyone that has some sort of, um, some, uh, some, something to gain, right? From, from these games selling anything like that. So I think like, that's the, that's the main issue. And I can see why for all, all these physical projections and everything like that, they need to announce it beforehand so they can keep their share prices high and stuff like that. So I, I, I understand that way, but yeah, it just, it, it is frustrating because I think it will be so much, it will be so much easier for us to understand that when they're like, look, the game's not done yet. We'll announce the release date. They wait till the last minute. They're like, yeah, we're, be, we're done now. The game's coming in November. Like, there you go. We have the gold disc. Here you go. It's done. You know, and it just comes out and everything is smooth. But I think like, obviously that's kind of, I think that's just wishful thinking. I think we have seen from the past that that just does not, that just does not happen. Um, in terms of good news, I feel this is at least in my opinion, good news that's happening in the industry. This comes from Wesley LeBlanc uh, from IGN. ESRB announces new ratings, ratings label for loot boxes. The ESRB has announced a new ratings label for games with loot boxes and other randomized in-game purchases. The ESRB created an in-game purchases ratings label for games back in 2018 as a response to the loot box discourse that reached different state governments in the United States and elsewhere in the world like Belgium. And now the company has created a new label for random items. The label will still feature in-game purchases, but now the label will say in-game purchases includes random items. I think this is just good in general because this does um, push back companies that just put all these loot boxes and random items and that's kind of like, and like lock so many, so many things beyond, be, uh, behind these loot boxes and everything. I think this kind of keeps them honest because if parents are also aware of this and they start seeing this, they know that their kids might jump on and might spend their credit card or use a credit card on it and all the bills start racking up and they're less likely to buy that game. And if they're less likely to buy that game, those companies need to make more consumer friendly decisions. So they'll remove loot box altogether so that they can get the game into people's hands, right? So I just like that cycle, that, that cycle is more likely now. I mean, as long as, of course, everyone's educated on it, everyone understands what this is, right? That's always the issue with this. So I'm, I'm hoping this is leading to something good, but you know, we, we won't know, we won't know until we see how, how well FIFA or Madden and all these, you know, loot box um, intense or loot box heavy games, how they do uh, in the future. This next one is pretty interesting. This comes from Game Revolution by Robert uh, Robert Adams. World of Warcraft on PS4? Question mark. A World of Warcraft PS4. I probably should have just kind of done like a little inflection to my voice in the end rather than saying question mark. But whatever, man. Whatever. We're just going with it. A World of Warcraft PS4 release has been suggested by code uncovered by data miners. It looks like World of Warcraft controller support is definitely on the way at the minimum, but there are also hints that we may see the game coming to current-gen consoles too. Um, this particular aspect, I'm just going to kind of move down because there was only one part that kind of relates to that. Uh, the one thing we can be certain of is that World of Warcraft, World, World of Warcraft controller support is definitely on the way. Um, those of you who make use of, use of Game Pass will soon not have to worry about using third-party apps to play the game with a controller. However, that is far from the most interesting bit discovered in the game code. A few lines hint that we may see a World of Warcraft PS4 release in the future. And basically the code, it just says WTF slash default gamepad binding dot WTF. I don't know if you see that. I don't even know if this is fake or not because you know, I don't know. Obviously for anyone that knows coding or is in programming, they're, you're like, yeah, it's WTF. For me, it's like, why, why did it say what the fuck? Why did it say what the fuck again and again? Basically after that dot WTF, it says PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro, PlayStation 5. So this is apparently in the code. So that's quite interesting. I mean, it's about time. I feel like, um, I think also because of everything that's happening in Blizzard right now, they had a, a, a few missteps in the past. I think they are trying to make up for it by kind of reaching out to a larger audience with their games, because I think World of Warcraft has been on a decline. I could be wrong, but um, you know, it hasn't been doing as well as it, as it used to. Um, 
so it makes sense you know getting it out to people on console i just don't see why not i i played world of warcraft warcraft classic and stuff like that and you know that's a game that i feel like even an iphone can run it's not like a a, a graphic or something intensive game i feel like it should be the fact that final fantasy 14 and elder scrolls online all these mmos are on uh, on these consoles i just don't see why world of warcraft never make that jump but it seems like they are i think i think that blizzard is understanding that hey we can probably make a lot of money from this uh you know we can reach a new audience so i think that makes sense it'll be pretty cool when, once it comes there i probably won't jump into it just because I, I think it was fun i think it would have been i think it's more about nostalgia for people that play world of warcraft classic i thought this was the perfect place for me to get in but my girlfriend and i we both got in we played a, a bunch we played a bunch together we played with friends but after a while it was just like you know the the, the missions just never felt interesting and the gameplay was never interesting. You know, the reason I really enjoyed Destiny from an MMO standpoint almost was, you know, the gameplay is always fun, like, because it's Bungie, right? They're really good when it comes to uh, FPS gameplay. So, I mean, even at the end of the day, even no matter what issue Destiny had, the gameplay was fun. With World of Warcraft, I'm like, I'm just, you know, it just, it just never felt right. It just never felt fun, especially for someone who's getting in for the first time without any MMO experience, right? So I think, I think that's why I think it'll be, it'll be cool if they bring it to these consoles and maybe re revamp the gameplay a little bit. I don't know. I don't think that will happen because I know there's a big, big fan base for that series who prefers the gameplay as is and enjoys it as is. So I think for people like myself who weren't really, who wasn't really able to get into the gameplay, I think it's just, it's almost like a lost cause, right? I, th I think that's just my belief. Like, I, I think it's just hard to get into something like that now, especially. So I think that's all we have for the news. We will move on. To the games I have been playing, of course, Animal Crossing, making mad moolah from my my turnip, my turnips. Uh, I've been I've been using uh, I've been making use of the turnip exchange, which is really really great. I think I I feel like anyone that hasn't used it uh, use that just go on AC Turnips on Reddit. There's a lot of people that uh, like let you either give you their Dota code and you can go to their island. And a lot of times they have you know crazy prices for their turnips at their places like 500 600 i remember i i went to an island that was selling it for 600 something and you know i bought 600,000 or so worth of turnips i went to a couple of islands sold my turnips there i made 3.2 million you know and i'm i'm doing that again i bought like 600,000 worth again and i'm i like now i do what i do is i keep around that much all the time to buy the turnips and i just keep like making that much money every week and because of that, I keep stacking all that money to the point where after a while, I won't need to really spend that much money anymore because right now I'm still upgrading my house. So my house is fully upgraded. I think I have expanded everything and I have all the rooms. So I'm just paying my last loan. And I think after that, all you can do is upgrade the look, upgrade the the door, the, the mailbox, stuff like that, like nothing else, right? So I think after that, there's nothing else that you really want to buy. It'll just be aesthetic stuff or just adding new uh, bridges or stuff like that so I think this is like the perfect thing I think if you are relying on fish or insects stuff like that please jump on this turnip game I'm telling you uh, after you get on the turnips like the amount of money that I made by catching fish for hours and hours and hours is like not even like one-fifth the amount I made from 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 turnips like and it's like less less time that you have to invest trust me like it is worth it this turnip exchange thing has really really you know, rock my world because I didn't, I honestly did not know about it. And once I got it, it it's addictive, man. The stock market is is addictive and it's literally stock with a S-T-A-L-K. So it's, it's really, really, it's really, really awesome. I really, really like, I really like it. That's why Animal Crossing just keeps on giving, you know, and I finally reached three star, uh, Kiki Slider came to my town, did a, did a concert for some reason. It plays the, uh, the, the credits after that. So I don't know. I mean, it's uh, to get to that point, it took me 40 hours. So I don't know if that's like a, a, a soft end point for that game. And now it's like the end game starts, you know, I don't know if that's how it works, but I mean, like I put in like 40 hours. My sister has put in like 45 or 50. One of my other friends, he's put in over 50. My girlfriend has put in like 120 hours. Some one other person I know has put in like almost 150. Like this is a game that you can just keep on playing. So I think this is like one of the best games of this year right now. Uh, anyone that has a switch give it a shot trust me you this is so accessible they've done a very very good job um i i finished bioshock on on stream which was really great i think that was the first time i fully finished bioshock because i had played in uh, like the initial aspects or initial parts of it but i never just I, I just never fully finished it um i played on normal and it was it was good i feel like 
the the gameplay like I, I i could have probably bumped up the difficulty a little bit towards the end i had an issue of um getting a lot of a lot of health and all that stuff and and the gameplay has gameplay is not bad but it has aged like it hasn't aged well i, I should say so like there were like some issues here and there but like after playing that and seeing the story and the atmosphere and stuff like that i'm pretty excited to play um bioshock 2 bioshock infinite i have played fully but i don't remember shit i don't know why I don't know why, and I know that was that's like one of, one of that's like one of the most beloved Bioshock games, if not just just beloved game in general, right? But for some reason, like I have like not a lot of memories of that game. I just don't remember much, um, but I do remember Last of Us, which came out that that year, that same year. So I'm pretty excited to kind of keep keep going deep into Bioshock. Uh, the other game was Portal. I played Portal One. I finished that also in like one stream. Like it took like two hours to finish. Yeah, I just I love Portal. I really enjoyed it. I'll probably be streaming Portal Two now because I just. I just really enjoyed it. Um, I really, I really wanna, I really wanna play more Valve games. I, I obviously tried playing Half Life, the first one, not the remake or rebooting that they did, not the like the fan uh, remake or whatever. Uh, I played like the OG Half Life, and yeah, that thing, man, that thing's rough. Like that thing is, uh, it's hard to play. But I think I should just jump straight into Half Life Two and and just kind of go from there. Um, I, I, I do want to. I, I just, it's like playing Portal just showed, just kind of showed me again, like this Portal One. Just showed me what Valve is capable of, and I was just like, man, like what, what a company, you know, what a gaming, what a development team, and what a writing team. So I'm kind of like back on that Valve train. I might check that out. Um, uh, the other game I I bought, I know like a, a lot of people don't like this game. Uh, I bought uh, uh, WWE 2K20. Uh, there there was a lot of like bugs and issues. I I don't watch wrestling as much as I used to. I like like WrestleMania just happened, so I watched that. Um, like sometimes there's like those big events that happen i watch it here and there but obviously i grew up on wrestling i really really loved wrestling when i was growing up so i so I, I every year when a wwe game comes out i'm curious to buy it, but i never buy it full price just because i'm like okay i just don't see the i just like it's the same with fifa and all those games right i just don't see uh, i just don't feel like it's worth buying those games full price because they dip in price so quickly uh you know i, I like nintendo games are a different story right but these games, it's like literally two or three months later, they're like down by like thirty or forty dollars, and I'm like, see, I just I feel like I just wasted money because it it just doesn't make sense. So the game was like in Canada, it was like twenty six dollars. I'm sure like in US and stuff, it's like lower than that, right? And it seems that they have fixed a lot of the bugs. It does look, I don't, know, it feels rough because I feel like I played WWE Two K Nineteen for a bit. I don't know where I played it. Um, if I got that on discount as well or something, but I don't know like why WWE Two K Nineteen felt better in some way um wwe 2k20 also has really weird looking so, some some um superstars some wrestlers look really really good like the facial animation everything is on perfect on on point but some of them look so odd like like the rock for example i'm like of all people that, that they could get wrong the rock like if anyone hasn't seen it just go on wwe 2k20 and just look at the rock like just like his his face and that thing and compared to any of the previous years and it, he just looks so weird and i'm just so confused because some of them are on point right so i'm like like what happened like it, it, did you just not have enough time did they not get the rights in time like what could have happened all they had to do was at that point just just transfer over the facial animations or or those or whatever they used in the past like or something you know, forward i don't know or maybe like it was a game engine they changed the game engine completely like i'm not sure what it was um i know i'm like ragging quite a bit on the game uh, but overall, like when I'm playing it, it was, it's, you know, it's, it's like a WWE game. Like I, 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 I was playing it and like, there's a like, cool stuff you can do. There's cool moves and stuff like that. Like gameplay wise, it's still fun. I play like a bunch. Uh, I was just like doing some story mode type stuff here and there. Um, it's just a game. Like I feel like WWE is, is a game that like, I just kind of jump on and it's like, well, this game that I just don't focus on too much. And it, it just kind of helps. It just makes me relive like my old school. Like when I, when I used to like really, really love wrestling and I used to really like watching wrestling just, you know, do matches like Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock and stuff like that, or Undertaker versus The Kane, or, uh, uh, you know, stuff like that, like, it's just, it's just really fun for me to do. So I think that way it's a, it's fun. I think it's more fun if you play with friends. And I think, and that, that's the main reason I bought it. So, like, if you're planning on playing this game alone, I don't know, I can't, even at $19, I don't, I don't feel okay recommending it. Just because I don't, yeah, I, in my opinion, I just don't think, it's um it's it's worth it at that price right i think it's it, it might be better to um buy wwe 2k19 especially because you can probably get 2k19 with all the season pass and everything with all the wrestlers for like pretty cheap i'm assuming i don't know obviously you can probably look online 
but I think it might be better to buy that if you can get that cheaper. Um, the other thing I you should also I, I should also bring up is I, I, again this is just purely based on what I saw on YouTube and stuff like that. Apparently, there's a lot of speculation that uh, because WWE 2K20 had so many issues and it didn't sell as well, they're not gonna be releasing a new WWE game or WWE 2K game this year. Instead, they're gonna be releasing like a more arcadey version or like an arcade type of a WWE game. Which for me, I'm like, yo, that's what I fucking wanted this entire time. Because I remember playing WWE All-Stars and I loved that game. I remember playing, you know, WWE, WWE Here Comes the Pain, Know Your Role, um, uh, uh, SmackDown vs. Raw, like the first one. Like all those games, like the older games before like the 2K series were very arcadey. And they were really, really fun. It was towards like the 2K games that it became more like a simulation. It became more serious and it became more like, almost like, you know, you're playing FIFA and you're managing a team and you're managing your players, right? And like, I, I just kind of lost that because I'm like, everything just became, it just feels like a simulation and I just don't play wrestling games for the simulation. I play it like a fighting game. You know, I play it like, like Mortal Kombat or Injustice or Tekken, like this over the top fighting game and you're just going crazy and stuff and you're playing with all these people and stuff like that, right? So I, I'm, I'm hoping that they go back and they remove just, I don't know, like, I think when they made it more simulation and they tried to make the game engine more serious and more realistic and whatever, it it made everything feel slower. It made everything just, I don't know, it just doesn't, it, it feels weird. Like, I'm completely okay with stuff looking or feeling wonky or stuff not making sense. Like Rey Mysterio body slamming the big show or something like that, you know? Like, like I don't mind that as long as it's fun, right? As long as, like, it's fun and you're having a good time and you're laughing. I think that's the important thing. So I'm I'm hoping that if they release like an arcade version of this game and it is even like I don't like sixty percent like those old games, right? I'm sure a lot of people will be on board with that and that game will sell quite a bit. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And that was kind of the, one of the reasons I bought 2K20 because I'm like, okay, if they're not releasing 2K21 this year, I might as well just buy this one and just like play it. At least like for when my friends come over, I can play this with them. So that'll be pretty fun. And the other game, another game that a lot of people are actually uh, more divisive um, in terms of how many people liked it. Um, I started playing Death Stranding and so far I'm I'm enjoying it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, one thing I should say. I, I'm obviously going in with tempered expectations because I've heard everything from good reviews to bad reviews about this game. I heard it's how it's a walking simulator. I've heard how it has the best story, story ever. You know, so I've heard both sides. So I went in knowing that this is not going to be like a Metal Gear Solid game right? Second thing was, uh, I also got this game as a gift, right? So I didn't, like like a lot of people, I didn't go out buy this game for, in Canada, $90, right? I didn't go, and yeah, right now it's like $39 as well in most places. I think it's like pretty cheap right now, right? So I that's like the two things I want to put out there before I kind of talk about it. I think because of those two things, like I'm more open to enjoying the game and I'm going in, when I play the game and I do like like as most people know I I don't know how much I should bring up or how much how should I should talk about the game but basically you are a almost like a, a legendary deliverer or, or delivery service dude basically and that's kind of what whilst you're delivering to to city you're delivering certain items you're basically connecting those cities to a network and that's kind of what the the main goal that's kind of what I'll say that's the main goal that like you want to just reconnect us in this post-apocalyptic world um, I won't talk about why it's post-apocalyptic or what happened or what, what happens in environments or, you know, I'm sure what you've seen from the trailers and stuff like that, just because the game came out like a, like in November, right? So it's not, it hasn't been too long. So I'll, I'll kind of leave it there, but it is like, I'm, I'm invested in the story. Um, I'm, I'm liking the acting. I'm liking, liking the voice acting and I'm, I'm going in like almost like Animal Crossing when I'm fishing, I'm going in with that, with that mindset, right? Obviously there are some parts where I have to focus and, and like look, other times I might be on the phone. Other times I might be like half like playing the game, half like doing something else, you know? And it is like a, a thing of how do I make my way to uh, to this next place? How, what do I do? Do I put a ladder here? Do I put a rope here? Do I put this there? You know, I, I do like that aspect. There are parts of that game that are a little wonky. Like when I'm on a, you, you, I, I got to a point where you get like a motorbike and that motorbike, like when you kind of hit a rock, it just, it, you, I, I don't even want to say too much, but like there's like no collision detection to it just feels weird like it just i don't know it's just really really weird at, at points and i'm just kind of like okay that's kind of wonky especially for a game that looks very very beautiful it looks really really good um and like 
they 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 incorporate the soundtrack so well as well like low roar is like all over this all over this game that that uh band and it's, it's really really great the way they implemented the music so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be confusing overall i will say that because it's it's a game by hiro kojima so you can imagine uh anyone that's played Mel, Mel gear solid it's not an easy game to kind of uh understand in, in, the, in the first place but i mean I, I have obviously again played only i'm like on episode two of, of in, in the game or episode three so I, I, think, I think it took me like two or three hours to get to that point so i'm still like in the very very early stages of the game so you know me seeing all this might not mean much and maybe like later on i'll be like you know okay you know what this game is not that good so i'm just gonna kind of like leave it there and you know obviously i'll report on what i think about the game later as well but so far i'm enjoying it and i i think i don't know i think if you were interested in the game and you're a fan of hiro kojima and it's on discount like like the way it is right now like I'm enjoying it so far and I just I, I think because I went in with that tempered expectation I can see myself enjoying this like even towards the end I can see myself just being like okay yeah that's fine I'm just doing this delivery thing right and it's repetitive I can understand that the same way how Mafia 3 was repetitive like I was talking about but the Mafia, Mafia 3 had an amazing story right so it's kind of like okay like it's repetitive but like that's fine like you know like there's sometimes because I'm looking at it at this game almost like Animal Crossing where it is just like, okay, how do I figure, how do I put all this stuff in my back? How do I kind of balance it? That was another thing uh, in, in this game that kind of like frustrated me a little bit was the balancing. Oh my God, I think two things. Okay, wow, this kind of just, all, all the all the annoyance just kind of started coming out, I guess. But there was like, oh, for one thing was the balancing. So when you are balancing uh, stuff, obviously if it's kind of heavy, you have to press R2 or L2, depending on like, you know, like if you do like lean left or right to kind of balance. And if you don't like, you know, balance yourself, you, you trip and it can damage uh, the, the delivery, the stuff that you're delivering. And sometimes it gets a little excessive where if it, if you're walking a straight path, that happened like 15 times like together. And sometimes you're walking like a hill and that doesn't happen. And I'm like, this like makes no sense. Like the, the lean thing is just so randomized and it doesn't depend on the terrain sometimes, which I'm like, like, come on, like at least make it make more, it should make more sense to the terrain. If I'm climbing and that L2R2 thing happens, I get it. But like, you know, at the same time, just split it a little bit. Like, don't like just bombard me with this L2R2 thing. Otherwise, it's just not fun. Like, sometimes it does get a little frustrating with that. I will agree to that. The other thing is, oh my God, the amount, these, the, the people that speak on the codec or on like your radio, they just don't shut up. And this annoyed me. This actually generally annoyed me. I'm not joking when I say that. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. Anyone that has played this game or is trying to play this now will, will know this. There's a part where you get a delivery and you take your delivery and you're walking and like this guy rings in and he starts talking to you, right? And every person that calls you or talks to you has a different ringtone. So there's a ringtone comes up, this first guy talks to you. He, he, and the thing is they talk slow as fuck. So be, be ready. So they'll keep talking. I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. Because the thing is like, I'm trying to pay attention, right? Because the story, because I know how convoluted the story is and how it gets confusing. Then what happens? A second guy calls, tells me another thing. Third person calls, send me, tell me another thing. And I feel like at one point there were like four people consecutively who called me, right? And I'm just like, yo, like, stop, man. Just let me fucking play the game. And this was around the time when I was getting into the game where I was getting into this idea of delivering stuff from one place to another. I was kind of enjoying myself a little bit. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But I'm like, just fucking let me play the game. Stop talking, you know? And like, this is my opinion. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. Maybe I'm, I'm the only one, but like, you can see there are like annoyances and I can see, I can see that I, I definitely don't think this is like a 10 out of 10 game right off the bat. I can already see that, but it's definitely not like a five or a six either, right? Like this is definitely like around like an eight or eight or like 8.5, depending on how the story goes. But overall, I am enjoying it. I hope, I hope more people try it out. I'm, I'm going to keep reporting on it and, and like let you know in terms of what I think and if, if the game gets better or not, right? Um, other than that, there's no unputdownable topic for this week so i apologize about that there will be one for next episode hopefully depending on what happens right i'm just kind of waiting i'm just kind of waiting to see if we get more news or more interesting thing happening especially when it comes to next gen stuff um i will also let you know that there is a new story time episode coming out very soon so that probably will depending on what what the new cycle is like next week that might come out next week instead of a, a regular news episode and like i was saying before let me know if you prefer story time episodes over these news ones, right? Because I can understand if you prefer more the story time stuff and me doing this news uh, episodes once in a while or once a month, 
or if you prefer what I'm like, if you already prefer what I'm doing right now, if you prefer me doing these regularly, like these news one, and then doing the story time episodes once in a while. So let me know. Uh, I'll also be doing more stuff on my YouTube channel. So please check out, like stay tuned with that. Um, follow me on all my social media links. Uh, the links will also be in the description. So my email is amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. So you can email me, FC Rivers emailed me, gave me some great advice about my PC and everything like that. So you can email me there as well. All my links uh, like like Twitch and everything is on there. The best place to follow me, of course, is Twitch and Amandaman Games on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty excited to do the story time episode for next week because I kind of go or kind of dwell into why the Soul series or just the From Software game series, how impactful that has been to me as a video game player and as, as, as just as just a game player and just a person who basically fell in love with that world and Miyazaki's world and and how influential that has been to me. So I thought that would be really cool to kind of talk about my love for a series, especially the Soul series. And, you know, just finished having finished Sekiro just a while back, I think, uh, you know, it, it's easy to say how, how much I love From Software, any, anything they make. So thank you everyone for joining. Please, again, like I said before, follow me on my social media channels. All the links will be in the description. And I hope to see you next week. Check me out on Twitch. I'll be playing Portal 2. And see you next time. Bye.